Welcome to the Wellness Wave Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Locke, and my goal is to help you help yourself unlock your full potential for receiving abundance and success. Every Monday, jumpstart your week by empowering yourself with knowledge and advice about wellness and personal growth, biohacking and habit stacking, manifestation and nervous system regulation, and so much more. And remember that slowly is the fastest way to get to where you want to be. Wellness is a lifestyle and a movement to create a world full of people who feel safe, strong, and loved. And practicing good wellness habits can have a ripple effect on those you surround yourself with. So with that, let's create waves. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to another episode of The Wellness Wave. I'm feeling particularly excited about this episode. I'm sure I say that about every single one, but this one just feels really important right now. I feel like a lot of people need to hear it, and it's very relevant to what is going on in my personal life. In general, my episodes tend to be that way because I feel that's more authentic. I can give you guys more practical, tangible Um, suggestions for how to move forward and navigate these ebbs and flows. But today's episode, if you have not already figured out, is all about burnout. Many of us are at least somewhat familiar with this topic, I believe, but only within the past couple of months, but really in the past couple of weeks in particular, have I realized that I've been healing from a really long burnout episode over the past few years. So over the course of this episode, I'm going to share some of my experience with burnout. Of course, the context for what's going on in my life right now that I feel so compelled to share this, as well as some seriously practical tips for how to avoid burnout, how to navigate stress and prevent those feelings of overwhelm when you have a lot going on, how to stay efficient, how to really live in sync with those productivity stress cycles that I talked a lot about in my last episode. If you have not listened to that, go check it out. It's the first of a multi-part series on grooving in sync with your cycles. We talk about ultradian rhythms. So if you aren't familiar with what that means, you need to be. Go check it out. But let's get through this episode first, shall we? Okay, so let's spill the tea. Let's give you some context. What is happening in Sarah's life that is making her feel compelled to talk about burnout? Because in general, my life has been pretty relaxed in terms of my workload over the past few years. Like I've had a lot of stuff going on, but it's all work from home things and I'm just able to have some flexibility in my schedule. If you follow me on Instagram, and I'm sure I've even mentioned it on my podcast, I go to this coffee shop, this local coffee shop called Oh Honey, almost every single day. Since I do work from home, it's really good for me to get out of the house so I don't go a little stir crazy. I'm definitely a people person. I have certainly realized that about myself over the last year. However, I still like the flexibility and freedom of working remotely. So I'm kind of in the process of finding that balance. But anyways, go to this coffee shop all the time, was spending astronomical amounts of money there as my coffee shop girlies know it does not come cheap. You know, I was justifying it as like, this is my, this is my office rent. I'm not paying for an office space. So that's what this is going to. Anyways, I don't know if that's, that's the, the best way to justify that spending habit, but this episode is not about money management, right? So I had the idea, why don't I get a job here? That way I'm making a little bit of extra money. I'm hopefully getting some sort of employee discount, saving money there. 
And I love this space. I love all the people who work there. It's beautiful. It's got so much sunlight. The decor is right, right up my alley. So spoke with the owner who I'd already talked to a bunch and the manager who I had already talked to a bunch just over my time visiting. And they were like, yeah, of course you can have a job here. Uh, just going into it, the plan was just like maybe a couple times a month. However, it has not been that over the past few weeks. I'm not sure exactly how it's going to level out, um, but I've been scheduled quite a bit. I've also been making a lot of strides in other areas of my business and making more connections within my community here in Macon. If you listened to my last episode, I spoke on all the connections I was making. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. That being said, I have had a lot more meetings. I've had a lot more social interaction. I feel like my social battery has been getting drained very quickly. Again, working at the coffee shop, I just totally forgot how exhausting working in a position where you have to be on your feet all day is, especially when you're not moving a ton, you're just standing a lot. That is really taking it out of me, to be honest. And I very, very quickly realized that I was going to have to shift some things around in my life and start prioritizing self-care in a whole new way. I find hustle culture in general so interesting because there is this compulsion to drop the things such as self-care, sleep, nutrition, etc., our hobbies, our passions, quality time with loved ones, we drop those things before we reevaluate the other areas where we're expending where we're spending our energy or like pull back in some area. Like it, it those are the first things to go always, it seems like, right? And that is what leads us to feeling sick, getting chronically ill, feeling the the chronic stress and then and ultimately a uh, feeling burnt out and not being able to get our lives or have the feeling that our lives are within our control. So uh, all of this has been happening in my life. I've been feeling exhausted. Also my my shifts are the opening shifts at like 6:30 generally and I am not really I've always been more naturally a night owl. So Learning how to wake up early while still getting enough sleep has been a big, a big adjustment for me. Like I said, I'm going to go deeper into these different areas of wellness where we really, really need to focus our energy if we expect to get through a really heavy workload. And I was starting to feel overwhelmed too because certain things that I really care about were being sacrificed, such as this podcast episode or these podcast episodes, which I already felt myself slacking on a bit. As I was reflecting a week or a couple days ago about my podcast and where I really want to focus the free time that I do have, I, I thought about this topic. And I was like, well, that's what I want to talk about because this is really what's prevalent in my life right now. And for a while, I wasn't feeling that pressure as much. In a way, I think that this is a blessing because I was starting to lose that relatability aspect of being able to connect with people who didn't have 
three or four hours in the morning to do, you know, a morning routine with a meditation and a beautiful big breakfast and exercise and all these things which are so important but not always easy to fit into a limited amount of time, right? So I realized I need to talk about burnout because I feel I actually know a lot about this topic. And as I mentioned already, didn't realize how much I knew about it until the past few days because I've been putting these pieces together of, oh, these past few years and the struggles that I've gone through, they have just been a massive recovery from burnout that I experienced in high school and early college, but high school in particular. Reflecting on my high school years, I went to a very, very rigorous, like one of the top in the country's uh, private schools where there was an extremely competitive culture. People were always discussing their AP test scores, their ACT and SAT scores. It was a competition for who could do the most in the least amount of time, who had the most extracurriculars, who was doing the most volunteer work. You know, like it was just all about how do I get into the Ivy League schools and how do I graduate top of my class. I think this exists in a lot of places, in a lot of high schools throughout our country in particular, but I feel pretty confident that my high school and the experience I had was particularly intense. And I remember in high school, older adults and students would talk about how there was there was this like post-Westminster burnout that a lot of people feared because it was a real thing that many students experienced. I definitely knew at the time that I was feeling burnt out. It started my senior year. I started skipping school more. I got sucked into really toxic, bad relationships. And it's all starting to make sense as to why. I didn't I didn't ever feel like I really belonged at my school. I hated that competitive atmosphere. I, I'm a naturally competitive person, to be fair. <laughs> Don't get it twisted. But I like being competitive for fun. You know what I mean? I don't like being competitive when there's this this looming cloud overhead of if you fail, there's no there's no fixing that. Which is not true. Failure is the first step to success, right? All through high school, I felt there were these very high expectations of me that I was going to go to a really good school, that I was going to be making six figures right out of college, that I would be some kind of, I don't know, genius. I just felt like there was always that pressure that maybe I put more on myself than other people put on me. But when you're engulfed in that culture, that's just how it is you end up convincing yourself that the only way to be good enough is to be the best. This is something I talk a lot with my therapist about. and <laughs> We unpack this almost in every single session in some way or another. So when after I graduated from high school, things started to really go downhill very, very quickly. I did not feel motivated. I had no direction, no drive, started abusing substances, started dating toxic people, creating toxic friendships, was constantly skipping my college classes. Something really bad happened in the first semester of my freshman year, which I am eventually going to go into a deep dive episode about. I just don't think I'm ready quite yet. If you know me, you may 
know what this story is all about and you understand why I'm not ready to share it. (laughs) But stay tuned. Give me that follow, like this episode, share, do the things, because at some point we're going to get into the down, dirty, nitty gritty of my deepest, darkest pits of despair within my body and mind soul like this by the way this is not something that I'm scared to talk about like if we're face to face it's more of just I don't know if I'm ready to share it to the whole world on the internet you know what I'm saying but this event led me to leave the college that I was at and I ended up taking a year off of school that year was really messy and I had a lot of Uh, challenges with my family. I had a lot of challenges with myself. I was still in a very toxic relationship with a very bad person. Um, You know, he he deserves forgiveness in some lifetime. And I and I do forgive him. But that doesn't mean he I want him anywhere near me ever again, or any of my loved ones. I'm sure there are many of you who can relate to this feeling. But yes, the girl who had always been the straight A, taking four AP classes at once while in a million extracurriculars outside of school, who was always the lead in the school plays, who got the 34 in her ACT and probably could have gone to any college that she wanted, not to be sound conceited, but I am just aware of my academic success in high school. I let it all kind of go to shit and I didn't have any any drive, any direction that I once had. And I just always felt like there was something so terribly wrong with me and I would go drive myself crazy trying to figure out where it all went wrong, which decision was the turning point, you know what I mean? And Obviously, I've done a lot of work since then on my mental health, my physical health, and really made a lot of massive transformations transformations and shifts that I am very proud of. However, I, especially in the last year or so, there are days where, you know, it just takes me so long to do everything. I feel like I'm the slowest at every single task I try to undertake and this is kind of funny but I always am the last person to leave the yoga studio I'm always late to things I always take much longer on projects than I feel like I should and sometimes we'll still end up making mistakes and this is really concerning to me a lot of the time and and that's honestly where this idea of slowly is the fastest way to get to where you want to be really stemmed from because I started realizing that it's okay for me to take my time it's okay for me to to move towards my goals with a slow at a slow pace I don't have to rush towards things because that is exactly what leads to burnout and that is what I did in high school and that is what I did when I jumped into toxic relationships with people and that is what I did when I would make impulsive choices about what I was putting in my body really stepping back and taking our time is the number one way that we are going to avoid burnout now, of course, you're like, Sarah, what the heck? How am I supposed to do things slowly when I have a million things on my plate? There's no time. But time is so relative, you guys. We really can slow down and be more intentional in each moment. And let's be honest, you guys. We have so much time at our disposal. I want you right now, if you're in a safe space, to just go look at your screen time on your phone. I mean, it's not meant to make you feel guilty, but odds are you're spending so much time over the course of your day 
staring at your screen when you could be doing other things that the one of the biggest things that you can do for yourself to avoid burnout or to heal from burnout is create a healthier relationship and set better boundaries with your cell phone. This leads me into the first point I want to make that we really need to focus on and that is sleep. And what is the one thing that probably is getting in the way of most of us having good, healthy sleep? It's probably your cell phone. If you're like me, I know that I will stay up editing reels and reading emails and looking, you know, shopping on Amazon, dumb stuff like that, that I tell myself, oh, this is my time to relax and unwind. But you guys staring at this blue light screen, it is going to tell your brain to stop producing melatonin, which is what helps you get to sleep, therefore disrupting your circadian rhythms, and you're going to stay awake longer. And even if you do end up falling asleep, it's not going to get you into that deeper REM state of sleep where your body is really able to do that intensive cellular repair. Plus, if you have to be awake early and you're being distracted by your phone until late hours of the night, it's going to take away a lot of sleep from you that you could be using to really fill up your tank so you can work more efficiently the next day. I am so guilty of this, you guys. Sleep is always the first thing out the window for me when I have a lot going on. And I am realizing more and more the older I get how problematic that is, how important it is for me to prioritize sleep. As I already mentioned, I've always been a bit of a night owl. I've had a hard time getting myself into that schedule when I wake up early. Um, and I think it's it's procrastination really is what it is, oddly enough. <sighs> Let me break that down. So when you go to sleep, obviously that time seems to go by very quickly because we're just not in that conscious brain state. It's like when you get into really deep meditation and If you've experienced that before, you know that all of a sudden time just kind of gets erased. So by staying up later, you're putting off the feeling of the next day getting closer and the fear of not being able to accomplish all that you need to accomplish. I had this conversation with my grandma recently about how sometimes I'll stay up late and, like I said, be editing reels and getting other stuff done, telling myself that I'm being more productive and accomplishing more before I go to bed when it would most likely be a lot healthier and more productive if I just went to bed and then woke up earlier to start back on the clock. You also have to remember the more you have on your plate, the more work you're doing, the more you're on your feet and on the go all day, the more that your body is in that sympathetic state, uh, the stress state is what we can call it, And so the more your body is going to need that repair, the cellular repair and rejuvenation at night. At night is when your body does a, a whole, it's called the glymphatic system. It's basically the lymphatic system that runs through your brain. And what happens is the glymphatic system does a flush in the middle of the night, right around, I think it's around 3 a.m. And this is so important for your mental clarity for your focus, for your memory storage, 
all of those good things that we hear neuroscientists talking about all the time, right? I just looked it up to confirm the glymphatic system is referred to as a plumbing system that flushes toxins from your brain that it builds up during the day. So as you can imagine, that's really critical for your cognitive capabilities. Big things that have been helping me go to bed on time and regulate my circadian rhythms include app blocking programs, red lights, and my new lofty alarm clock that I've been using. The app blocking program that I use is called Opal. It's super great because you can set these focus blocks whenever you would like throughout the day and choose which apps you don't want access to. So I'll obviously include all of my social media apps in that. You can of course get around it, but it's a big pain in the butt. So it's easier to just not. It like literally won't let you click into the apps. It's pretty cool. Red light is amazing. I'll usually use some RGB LED lights that I'll change to an orange or red hue that I can use at night before I go to bed, as well as first thing in the morning when I wake up to help ease myself into the day. If you get the opportunity, seeing the sunrise or the sunset is also really, really, really helpful. Minimizing blue light as much as possible during or once the sun is set is also very effective. Like I said, I also purchased a lofty alarm clock, which allows me to keep my phone away from my bed so I can have an alarm clock that wakes me up in a way that's a lot more peaceful and less aggressive than my iPhone. Now on the topic of cellular repair and rejuvenation, let's talk about nutrition because I don't have to tell you this is another aspect of health that frequently goes right out the window when we start to feel overwhelmed and busy with our workload. One of the biggest suggestions that I have for you, and I talk about this a lot in general, is to make sure that you are getting enough protein in at each meal. You should be getting like at least 60 to 80 grams of protein per day. This might seem a little overwhelming at first because you're going to immediately jump to like, oh my gosh, I have to cook like a ton of chicken every day or whatever. But there are so many easy ways to get more protein into your diet that I want to share with you here. First of all, I love like cottage cheese and yogurts and those kinds of foods, especially if you can tolerate dairy because you literally can just open the tub up, or throw some blueberries in a bowl and then put, you know, st- literally you can stand at your refrigerator and eat it. I wouldn't recommend that, but if you have to, you can. Also, seeds and different grains are really good sources of protein, especially if you don't eat animal-based protein. I recommend getting some animal-based protein in, but if you can't, at least make sure that you are getting complete proteins with the full spectrum of amino acids and quinoa being really the only one that I know of that has a, all of the essential amino acids in it. Uh, that's a vegetarian option, but you can also use Ezekiel bread, amaranth, um, tempeh or tofu. I, I personally don't feel soy is the best for me, but I do like tempeh every once in a while because it's fermented. It's a little bit better for you, I think. Um, Again, like that's just what works for me. What works for me doesn't necessarily work for you. So kind of find which proteins feel best for you and feel like most satiating. And of course, the classic rice and beans. 
As far as meal prep goes, I know that's kind of a scary word for a lot of people, but it doesn't have to be as intensive of like, I'm cooking and putting together every single meal every single day. The biggest things that I would recommend if you want to start meal prepping and having more prepared for you, I would get like a family size pack of chicken at the beginning of the week. You literally can just cut it into little pieces, throw it into a saute pan or even bake it if that's easier for you. You can do this on a Sunday night. You don't have to spice it. Spice it as you go throughout the week. I would also batch a ton of rice or quinoa. Like I said, I love quinoa. My personal favorite way to make quinoa that I've been using more and more recently, it's divine. You So for every one cup of quinoa, you use one cup of whatever broth you would like and one cup of coconut cream, of canned coconut cream. Put those both in... Your, your quinoa and then cook it as normal for like 15 minutes simmer or bring to a boil and then simmer oh my gosh you guys quinoa will never be the same to you ever again because if you're like me you are cooking quinoa with water or even just broth and it's just kind of boring right like quinoa doesn't have much flavor to it when you add this coconut cream I am telling you you are getting fluffy delicious divine goodness and you're getting the hormone healthy fats from the coconuts also brain healthy. Coconut is just so good for you in general. It's got monolaurin, MCTs, all that good stuff. So good for everything. Like it's literally a divine gift from mother earth, right? And again, the protein, those amino acids are literally the building blocks for any kind of repair in your body. So if you're not getting enough of that when you're in a higher stress state, it's going to be a lot more challenging for your body to to do that renewal that it needs to do in order for you to stay feeling and looking and thriving your best. Now, I know we were just talking about repair, but let's talk about um, the other end of the spectrum, which occurs when you exercise, which is where you're doing these like micro tears and micro damage to your body. This is really important, you guys, and I am realizing that especially now because I've been dealing with quite a bit more pain since I started working on my feet again. Um, I, As you guys know, I've talked about I have issues with hypermobility and joint pain, and I get just neck. Neck and knees are particularly bad. Neck, knees, shoulders, those are the particularly bad ones. I also get issues with my hands and wrists. It's just a whole thing that I'm still still figuring out how to manage effectively, but it's getting better. Anyways, now that I've been standing on my feet so much, I'm actually realizing that it's more important than ever for me to be exercising when I get those days off. Now, of course, I don't want to send my body into a state of fatigue with hypermobile joints. You you got, you got to be kind of careful about that. However, you want to make sure that you are properly activating the muscles that need to be activated, that you are maintaining proper balance, that you are in good alignment. And the only way to really do that is if you are exercising in a way that is really healthy for your body. I love Pilates. There are so many good resources on YouTube. I would just look up a beginner 20-minute Pilates class, and that is enough, you guys. You don't need to be like killing yourself to have a good workout, right? As long as you're getting that muscle activation, that strengthening, you really want to focus on those stabilizers, especially if you're like me and have the hypermobility. And be careful about overstretching too. That works for some people. For me, I've found that stretching too much can actually be a problem. That's why I've I've kind of steered away to, from yoga a little bit because I've I I just always end up hurting myself doing yoga, you guys. It's not fun. 
I'm a Pilates girl. Pilates princess for the win. So whether you're sitting at a desk all day and feeling pain or you're standing on your feet all day and feeling pain, intentional movement is so important. This just sparked a thought in my brain because I was thinking about being intentional and I want to go back to the topic of nutrition just a little bit because I've had this conversation with many people recently and I'm very surprised by how few people know this. You need to sit down with your food and be as intentional as possible and eat slowly. I grew up with my mother telling me this all the time because I used to wolf down my food. It's still something that I'm working on. Um, Eating fast is really bad for you, you guys. If you have any sort of digestive issues and you are a quick eater, the first thing that I would suggest you do is to slow down your eating habits, to take big, deep belly breaths beforehand. There's a couple of reasons why. So first of all, the digestive process begins in your mouth while you're chewing with digestive enzymes that are in your saliva. Carbohydrates in particular are really important to chew up properly. So get those 30 chews in before you swallow. Also, the less broken down your food is in your mouth, the harder it's going to be for your body to digest it once it's in your gut. So like raw vegetables in particular is really important if you want to get all of those nutrients out of the vegetables because you have to break down that uh, cellular membrane that's on the outside of the veggies. This is why you may have heard it's really important to cook your veggies if you have any sort of digestive issues because it becomes a lot easier for those vitamins and minerals to actually get absorbed into your your gut lining, into your bloodstream. If you are eating really quickly and not chewing your food up properly, there's also a good chance that you are going to have to go to the bathroom very quickly after you eat because all of that food, your body's going to be like, what the heck am I supposed to do with this? I can't break this down. This is too much. And it's going to just send it right through the system, right? So we're talking about nutrition, talking about pain, talking about being intentional. This is all <laughs> kind of overlapping for my next point that I want to make. And that is to stay hydrated. I know that y'all have heard this a million times and no one can probably drill it in your head enough, let me tell you. Because even if you are not feeling thirsty, if you're not feeling your lips are chapped, your eyes are dry, your skin feels dry, that doesn't mean that your body is not being affected by dehydration. Your connective tissue, your fascia, which is what is the webbing that holds all of your ligaments and tendons and muscles and organs together that almost like intracellular matrix. It's not intracellular matrix, but it's like that on a slightly larger scale, if you know what I'm saying. That carries the body's water. I'm sure if you're a skincare girly, you've heard of hyaluronic acid. This is actually produced by the connective tissue when the connective tissue is stretched. This is another reason why movement is so important because in order to actually hydrate your body and cells properly, you have to get that movement in. This is why you may experience fluid retention when you're not moving enough because the water isn't actually being used properly by your body. There's of course a lot more that goes into it than that. I'm not going to claim to be a scientist or a physical therapist here, but this is just my kind of basic understanding of it. But so when you're not when you're not moving properly, when you're not hydrating properly, the connective t- tissue is going to get dehydrated and that's going to start causing pain, movement dysfunction, other issues I mean, water is the life, it's it's the life force of creation, right? We all came from the water. I'm sure that you've heard stories about how animals go back to the water before they die. We literally were birthed from the womb. The water 
is the creative life force that we need in order to do anything. So I just ordered myself a 40-ounce Stanley tumbler. Y'all know I'm hopping on the wave, finally. So excited. This is going to be in my mailbox any day now. I'm absolutely thrilled. My goal is going to be to drink two of those 40-ounce Stanleys a day. So you ideally want to be getting half your body weight in ounces every day. Most of us are not getting that. I myself am not getting that. And that number increases even more if you're drinking a lot of caffeinated beverages, if you're drinking alcohol, which, you know, that's a whole other <laughs> whole other topic. If you're if your workload is really heavy, I would highly suggest you extremely cut back on the alcohol. However, that kind of takes me into the next point, which is the caffeine situation. Y'all, I know I know we got to have our coffee. We got to have our matcha. It's it's tough out here. And I'm not going to be that person coming to tell you to stop drinking coffee because one, I know it's unrealistic. Two, it would make me a hypocrite because I've been going through a coffee phase myself recently, especially since I started working back in the coffee shop again. Also, you got to live a little. It's nice to have things to look forward to in the morning. I don't love the fact that I feel literally addicted to coffee right now. I don't like being dependent on substances, but it really is helping me romanticize my life. And as long as you're drinking high quality coffee and you have good caffeine habits, that is what matters. Now, let's talk about these good caffeine habits. What do we not do, ladies and gentlemen? We do not drink coffee first thing in the morning on an empty stomach. This is going to wreak havoc on your hormone health and your nervous system. Your cortisol levels are going to spike. Your body is just going to freak out and not be able to regulate those hormones properly so you can actually wake up and get into the day. So I would really recommend like don't use coffee as the way to wake yourself up. I would use coffee as like a reward for once you've gotten yourself up, you've had a full glass of water, you ate your breakfast, you took your vitamins and supplements. That's what I've been doing. Once I accomplish those three things in the morning, then I can make myself a coffee or a matcha and only then. Also, I know it's easier said than done to avoid that afternoon caffeine pick-me-up, but I would really recommend at least choosing something that's lower caffeine content like a matcha or even just having like half a cup of coffee and diluting that with milk instead of a full cup of coffee. I think that like the moderation and the limitations are the key here. Not saying cut out coffee completely, but again, no coffee on an empty stomach Try and limit the amount of sugar in your coffee, of course. I feel like I don't need to explain that. Sugar is just, you know, you're asking for inflammation. You're asking for pain. You're asking for problems. It's just not just not a friend. But we've got to enjoy those simple pleasures, right? And speaking of simple pleasures, that brings me to my last final point I want to make, which is to find ways to spend time with loved ones and spend time with the hobbies and things that you love that that just bring you pure enjoyment and that you're doing just for the sake of doing. This is really important when you're really stressed out with all the work that you have to do. It's so good to step away and take 20 minutes, if that's all you have, to read a book, to cuddle your pet to get down and dirty with your boo thing if you know what I'm saying or just with yourself I mean shoot like (laughs) 
pleasure yourself. You deserve it. Life is not about working and grinding and hustling until you literally drop dead. And, you know, I'm saying this from a place of like acknowledging that I have been guilty of this in the past. (laughs) Guilty isn't even the right word. I don't want to use the word guilty because we're not shaming ourselves. This is just the, the society that we live in where we have to pay bills and we've got to get stuff done because we have responsibilities and people relying on us, families to take care of. You know, it just, it is just the way that it is. And I don't think there's anything wrong with having to work. I think it's healthy for us to to have something to keep us busy, keep us going. It's even more important though to feel like we are getting meaning out of the work that we are doing and that we are feeling fulfilled. I believe there's a lot more I could talk about when it comes to this subject. And I do want to eventually do that. I would love to talk about how to know when your burnout is the result of your environment or the habits that you have, a combination, the people you surrounded yourself with, because there are so many different ways that we can get burnt out, right? It's not just job burnout. There's also caregiver burnout, emotional burnout, parent burnout. And that's not something I'm super familiar with because I'm not a parent, but I've definitely witnessed it before in people that I love who have children. So yes, there's obviously a lot more we could talk about. Honestly, I'm surprised this episode got as long as it did because I, am not going to lie to you, did not have anything planned for it. That's another final point I want to make is just don't overthink things too much because honestly, I was avoiding recording another episode because I felt like, oh, I don't have time to create a proper outline and script some things, which I do frequently for my episodes. But I do find that the more organic they are, the more authentic and more natural, the more applicable, all those good things that we love when we're consuming content these days. But anyways, I hope that you found this episode helpful. If you are starting to feel a bit burnt out in your life, no matter what area, really, I encourage you to take a look at the way that you're taking care of yourself and find find ways to give yourself little treats. You know, take a good shower at the end of a long day and put on a face mask. Use those ice globes. Put your feet up. Mm, I love I love putting ice all over my body. I have ice packs that I'll just put on my body because even if I'm not having pain, it's just so comforting and like great for activating the vagus nerve and turning off that sympathetic stress state. Also putting your feet up on the walls. I mean, y'all, I'm telling you, I could go on and on about this and it's like the whole that's like what this this podcast really is turning into is just like stress management and really again like honoring our cycles and recognizing that yeah being productivity or being productivity being productive taking action taking aligned action particularly moving forward towards our goals that is such an important aspect of our being but what's as equally as important is resting pausing slowing down because we're not in a rush anywhere. There's no finish line, you know? Okay, I'm going to stop rambling now. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like some journal prompts for how to more effectively navigate burnout, go check out my Instagram. I just posted a video not too long ago about it and with the prompts. 
Also, just give me a follow on Instagram while you're at it. I am at Slack Sounds on Instagram, at Slack Sounds on TikTok. You know what's good. I hope you have a beautiful, beautiful rest of your week. Keep riding those waves. You are doing so great, even if you don't feel like it. I promise you, you deserve to give yourself a big hug and to take care of yourself because you are worthy inherently. And I am sending you so much love. Au revoir. Thank you so much for joining me this week in the safe space of the Wellness Wave podcast. If you would like to support me and my show, I would be so grateful if you left a Spotify or iTunes review, followed me on my social channels at Slock Sounds or at the Wellness Wave Pod, or shared with a friend or family member who you know would infinitely benefit from listening. Until next Monday, have a beautiful week with the intention of creating waves.